Welcome back to another episode of Lessons for Tomorrow. I'm your host, Tim Alanius, and I'm excited to be here today to talk about search for relevance. And with me, I have Dale Traxler from Coveo and Jonathan Price from AmericanEagle.com. Very excited to have these two here to talk through this subject today. And really, just quick introductions. Dale is an experienced entrepreneur, sales and marketing executive with over 25 years of experience in the digital world. He has a track record of success in both selling and implementing digital solutions, growing top and bottom line revenue, managing sales teams, building services practices, and mentoring individuals and businesses. In Dale's spare time, he writes about business strategies and tactics as a contributing editor for a top e-commerce website, practicalecommerce.com. Definitely check that website out and see the articles that Dale has contributed, as well as many others. Jonathan manages AmericanEagle.com, Sitecore, and Coveo practices. He's encompassing project management, account management, development, QA, and strategy. I don't think there's anything that he doesn't do. And his role includes the planning and information architecture, user experience, technology best practices, and really understanding complex integrations. In addition to being a Coveo MVP, he has been a Sitecore Ambassador MVP since 2019. Jonathan has led teams working in many different industries, and has many clients and projects under his belt that have included both Sitecore and Coveo. Excited to have you both here. The subject of today is, is really just talking about how on this podcast talk about lessons from the past to apply in the present for success in the future. And I, let's start in the past a little bit here and just how websites have evolved over time, how technology has continued to e evolve into multiple systems that are used. We hear the terms MarTech stack, and all the different aspects that come in with that. And, and really we're gonna hone in on search and recommendations, technologies, AI and reporting for those performances. But what are some of the different pain points that have come up in the past that has created a need that we're starting to address through solutions like Coveo for these bigger digital ecosystems? Well, that's a great question, Tim. And thank you for having me to, to participate in this. As you asked that question, I was just reflecting back on my history. I, I got into uh, e-commerce in 2002. My partner and I started a, a jewelry distribution company, jewelry supply distribution company. And we kind of bought an old website that had been uh, cobbled together on top of me, the merchant with an HTML storefront. And at the time it looked uh, as modern as Amazon compared to our competitors who were all PDFs and things like that that you picked up the phone and called on. And uh, so it was kind of the first version of Headless. And then we went to NetSuite, which was a big monolithic platform because we wanted the economy to scale. We wanted the ERP capabilities and inventory capabilities and things. But from an, an experience perspective, I was trying to do search with uh, some version of Lucene, I guess, at the time. Uh, it, it was terrible. So I paid somebody to build this whole big fake faceted uh, filtering mechanism so you could get to a certain size chain and certain size beads and things like that. Um, and it never worked. I paid a fortune for something that was not maintainable. Uh, I also tried to set up, you know, cross sales, upsells manually and some, you know, you'd set it up. It wasn't the right one or the inventory would run out and you'd have no cross sell, upsell. Uh, everything was manual and it was really difficult to maintain that. And I, I jump ahead to where we're at today with, you know, microservices based technologies, kind of composable commerce you know, plug in, plug out, and uh, think about how much more fun in some ways it probably is to be in this business. But most of the, the vast majority of customers are locked into more monolithic solutions where they kind of pasted in search and recommendations and 
you know, analytics from different vendors and the data sources are different, the tagging schemes are different. It really creates a nightmare for maintainability and, and even, you know, just implement in the first place. And Jonathan, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about that too. Yeah, Dale, that's a, that's a great lead into what I was going to mention here. So, I mean, I think Covail really helps um, solve economies of skills for marketing teams, business teams, where historically, you know, if we look back seven, eight years ago, the industry is like, all right, we have search, we have faceting, we have type ahead search. Coveo's helped transform those types of solutions into now it's more of a customer insight engine. So we're simply tracking, you know, each individual user that's performing a search, whether they're buying a product, looking at maybe a financial document, and then simply you know, taking that data and refining for future use. So it's really become more of a manual process and just simply helping automate that, not just for the front end user, but for business teams and marketing teams as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point of just how customer insights. And I feel that the larger organizations or people who have been in the digital space for a long time understand the value of on-site search. And, and the three personas that we always talk about with our clients are searchers, sorters, and browsers searchers consist of over 68% of your visitors on your site. They look for that on-site search solution. They want to find it quick and fast. And it needs to be very relevant to what they're searching for. And there's still so many companies that I engage with and, and our, our teams engage with that still don't see the value of the data behind search or the need for it on their site. But not only that on-site search, but how search powers so many other areas within their site and the features that are available. I know that we've used it for location searches for healthcare systems. Uh, we've used it for um, just you know knowledge bases that are provided, FAQ searches, where we really get beyond the on-site search and we go into additional granular areas and features that are powered by it because we can still influence the results to be much more relevant and contextually relevant for that user. What are some areas of just where uh, we take all these different sources of features and, and where search really comes into play. I'm sure there's ones I'm not mentioning or ideas of how it's been used that, that both of you have seen. Just what's some of the additional, I would call, not necessarily hidden powers of search, but kind of those gems to unlock of what search can really do for your website experience and your customers. I, I can actually think of a really relevant example as of late. So I think, you know, in the past, you know, people throw large pieces of content at these platforms, you know, think of a document that's hundreds or thousands of pages long, or a very complex, you know, piece of a pro product data, you know, numerous tags, um, very large product schema, things like that. You know, with technology like Coveo can simply take that data and break it into relevant chunks. So when we talk about the searchers, they type in a search term, they're expecting a relevant result. So instead of throwing a large piece of content at them, a technology like Coveo, and Coveo very specifically, can provide a recommendation on where the user should be looking on that specific piece of content. So it's not only we're returning relevant results, we're returning more relevant results within that larger piece, um, which is very relevant in financial insurance, you know, where we're, again, looking through large guidelines, things like that, um, and again, more um, complex product types of data. Yeah, I'm sitting here pondering. There's so many use cases. Uh, I, I focus most of my energy on, on commerce these days. That's kind of uh, I ran a national practice for a large agency for a number of years. And uh, I, I really look for seamless experiences. So if I'm searching on a, 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 on a storefront, let's just say, and I'm really trying to get customer service information, I don't want to have to go to the storefront, then go to customer service, then go back and try and figure out what I might need to order. I want that to be seamless where I can get to 
uh, a product and then I can see, you know, uh, re repair instructions or part other parts that you might want to order for it. I, I don't want to have to go through a lot of stuff and uh, I'll pick on Apple a little bit because they're the big guys, but I, I was trying to, to decide if I wanted to buy a new battery for my phone. And I went to, you know, Apple's site and I searched for, you know, replacement phone battery. Well, you can't get to anything about how you might get your battery replaced from the storefront. You get a recommended product that you can, you know, like add uh, a phone cover case with a battery pack. That's all I could get to. I couldn't get to take this to the Apple store. It'll cost you $99 to put a new battery. I had to go to the service site, which was completely unrelated. And at that point, the, the whole experience is disjointed. I'm immediately frustrated because I just expect to be able to get to everything very, very, very seamlessly, whether it's support information, maybe the past order history, maybe the status of the order, maybe the product details or comparatives and re reviews. And that's what Amazon has done really good. They throw it all too much in your face, in most cases, from an experience perspective. But at least you can get all the information that you might want about a product or, or anything from one central point. And oh, by the way, you can get that from search. Uh, that's that Google changed the paradigm for all of us from a user experience perspective. We start with search. Uh, those the, a lot of websites are still being built today where people spend an inordinate amount of time doing information architecture. What you really need to do is just launch the site, learn from the the data interactions that or the interactions that people have on your site journey, and take those insights and allow AI to power the facets and AI to power the filters and the relevant content that's pre presented because everybody's journey is very, very unique. Absolutely. And, and let's talk about AI for a little bit here. I'm going to pick on that. And I, I love that you brought up the Apple example too, because I, I am a self-proclaimed Apple fanboy and every device I've had for a long, long, long time has been Apple related. Um, with that though, it's, it's true. It's frustrating when a site and, and I've plenty of other examples too, but the search just does not take you where you need to go. And you end up also with sites who have different search setups for different areas of the site, and they're not federated between the multiple sources of content. And I think the support example is huge there because so many people now go online and how-to tutorials on YouTube, for example. I mean, you have so many people who look for that information right away, and if you don't provide it very fast and, and again that relevancy is extremely important they're going to leave they're going to go look elsewhere for something and and that could be business leaving your site it could be a new member sign up if you're an association it, it someone going and shopping for a product or like you were for a replacement part in a different location because you just didn't provide the right experience and when we talk about those experiences and these customer insights there's so many different data points that you can collect about customers and just the experience that they have on your site. What What is now being provided in, in, in Coveo's solution to really tie those points together? And, and when we talk AI with this too, is how is AI helping surface patterns or trends that are happening or other insights to help you understand where to apply more optimization for search? I think the one well, very- that's a, go ahead, Jonathan. You, you, you take a stab at it, and I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Great. <clears throat> I think this is where the whole people versus persona argument really comes into play, right? We have different types of personalization um, implicit, you know, the unknown user just based off browsing behavior. We have explicit, we know exactly who you are, what you've purchased. But I think Coveo also solves that middle area, the, that gray area where we can group you based off what you're actually doing and actually group you to an individual user. So Coveo's keeping track of every single user that comes to the site. 
pre-search, search journey, and then post-search. So as a user, we start seeing trends. I think Coveo ha has a very unique capability in recommending products and other types of content based off someone that also searched um, and did something similar to myself. So it really solves that middle area where I'm not having to create a persona. I don't exactly have to have the ex explicit side. It's solving that mid middle tier that other technologies simply um, do not do a great job of solving. So I think that's where Coveo has a very unique uh, uh, competitive strong point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the problem that you have with uh, a lot of CMSs today can do behavioral kinds mm -hmm. of personalization, but it's on that persona level. So it's a very broad stroke that we see you and identify you as a, uh, a rapid buyer, a big spender, or whatever personas you might have. Uh, but that doesn't solve the, the intent problem. And that's what we're watching for is, you know, I, I may be a big spender, but I may just be trying to buy a battery for my phone. And you have to, you know, within a couple of clicks, know what outcome is going to lead to the best result if somebody searches for something that's out of their persona. And you can't possibly create all the rules in a persona-based system to deliver the experiences people are looking at because their intent is different. Uh, what, what content needs to be presented and be relevant is very different based on the, every single interaction. And, you, you know, you, the other thing that, that's true in content is you can't tag it all pro appropriately with the attributes that people are necessarily shopping on. And I, I love to use an example of, uh, uh, I think it's the liquor board of uh, Virginia uh, uses Coveo that they sell. I don't know that they actually transact online. I, I think it's more of a, what kind of uh, uh, liquor is available in their various stores. Uh, but anyway, you can search on, uh, there's a, a thing that happened about two weeks after we launched the site uh, where people were searching for Skull Vodka. Well, there's no product attribute in the world that says Skull in a description of any kind of vodka. But there are bottles of vodka that are made, uh, I forget the brand's name, the, the, the shape of a skull. Well, people were searching for that. Well, we learned within like 10 days that if you were searching for skull vodka, which apparently is very popular, um, you, you were really looking for this. We didn't have the word skull. It wasn't a keyword. It was nothing. But we immediately picked up, you know, within a very short period of time, rather, uh, uh, that the intent was to buy this particular thing. And I think that that's a good example of how we can learn from behaviors without having explicit data, without having explicit you know, information about a customer. We have a lot of things we can do. We call it fast personalization. Uh, within just a few clicks, uh, we can categorize, make some assumptions, test it. And if it's right, then you, know, you can continue that journey and, and get more relevant content. So. Uh, all, all the power of AI in uh, our machine learning models that can be you know, still tuned. So if you need to override things, you can do that if you want to promote products or you have a campaign of some sort. But if you really want to let the AI power the experiences because it's going to be more accurate and more, uh, much, learn much more quickly than human beings do in most cases. Yeah, no, and that's, I, I love that we're getting to the AI conversation here. And I, I want to take us back to, a comment too that John made and just kind of unpack it a little bit more on and th that's the the personalization side and, and all this the AI the segmentation the personas we've kind of seen through a, a number of years now the shift from segmentation to personalization to what now I I, I know my friend Brendan Witcher over at Forrester is calling the you know, individualization age where it's no longer just that we're personalizing for a persona group or a segment overall, and we still do that overall, but we can actually take it down to the individual level. And, and I think a lot of organizations out there 
have uh, kind of built this expectation up. And, and Dale, you mentioned Amazon. I always like to pick on Amazon here for how some of their personalization has treated me over the years and where I think they could use AI more. But, uh, you know, who am I to tell Amazon to uh, change their shopping commerce behavior? But uh, if I go and I shop a large product item for them, a, a bathroom vanity, we're remodeling a bathroom right now. And for some reason, I chose to look on Amazon and see what they have just because it's Amazon. And they continue to personalize bathroom vanities to me, which is a one-time purchase typically over a good right. number of years. And I'm inundated with it. And, and you mentioned that. It's like, learn from my behaviors. I'm done. I, I shopped it. I'm done. Don't keep reminding me because it's not relevant. And that's where I think the, the way that we have implemented Coveo for a lot of our clients and talking about that relevancy and, and, and really refining the tuning of that relevancy is so critical in the activities that you take. And AI just helps accelerate that. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's the search terms, like you mentioned of, hey, our customers search this way. We didn't think to make synonyms for that or AI can identify that or the misspelling side of it, right? And just natural language processing, right? Is just so critical in the way that people are asking questions if our search tool can be that much more intelligent to start to build that up for us, we don't have to manually add it every time or sit and dig through the data and then manually add it. It just brings a new level of just speed to the way that we can optimize our sites. I, what What's more thoughts that you guys have around that? I think even going back to that, the part of the discussion of the, well, how is, you know, search and, you know, the web even changed in the past seven, eight years. I think, to your point about Apple and to Dale's point, you know, even search results themselves and these recommendations were very one-dimensional. You typed in this, and now I'm showing you one item. I think especially with Coveo's flexible UI and framework is, you know, not only can we show, hey, here's our recommended item or, you know, based off other users, here's what we think you're looking for, but also showing right in that search result some other related items. So if I have a related product, here's my related service guide, here's my related parts. So we can serve that all up in the same experience and not make the user having to do multiple clicks to simply find those additional items. So I think that's also been a huge change as well where marketing teams in a technology like Coveo um, can greatly transform what uh, you know what that UI is actually uh, looking like. Yeah. yeah, and the other thing that's really important to understand is it's not just, if you look at most websites, uh, and let's say it's a marketing website or a service website, you expect to get that, that type of content, but there's much more to the journey. So if I'm a B2B buyer, for example, which is one of the most complex use cases you can find in, in commerce, uh, you know, I may be looking for a part that's been discontinued for years. And what I really need to find is a replacement part or a substitute part uh, or some alternative way of fixing things. And, you know, if you search for the part and you can't find it, the system needs to be able to have determined, well, the, here's, here's a replacement part you know, and you don't have to go you know, looking around for it. It should have a way of learning from what other people have done successfully. And that data may be coming from the backend system so that the order history may be in SAP, the, the service history may be in Salesforce, uh, the website might be you know, running Adobe for that matter. So we have to be able to unify the experiences on the website with the data that's in service and the data that's in the parts catalog or the PIM uh, all together to, to do that in real time. Uh, we also have to know if the inventory is available in real time. And, oh, by the way, I want my customer price because it's different than everybody else's. So, you know, what we're doing at Coveo is we're taking all these inputs and at query time, we're going, oh, I need to go find the inventory for this part. 
and I need to pull this in and boom. And we do that at all into, you know, hundreds, hundreds of nanoseconds, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to, to deliver the experience people are looking for. And, you know, again, if you, Jonathan, you kind of kicked it off and said, let's look back. Well, the old legacy systems have a hard time painting the screen that fast. You, you really need to be in, you know, things that can pull things together in, in real time and be in React or View or something like that that can actually deliver the speed that people are looking for. So the, the whole world has dramatically changed uh, in the time I've been in commerce. I, it's, it's hard to go back and believe, you know, that, that people used to lug along with the, the search engines that used to be out there and the way that you had to implement them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and Dale, you make a great point on the B2B side. And I just, uh, a quick stat from Think with Google is that 58% of B2B industrial manufacturer purchases, so really narrowing into that B2B category, start the buying journey with an online product search. And then with that, mm -hmm. right, that's the online product search. So they're starting with search to find what they need. And then 60% of B2B buyers list on-site search as one of their top three features that they use with 48% of B2B sellers citing enhanced search as a top technology priority. That comes to us from Accenture. I just, the, the value of that on-site search to your point, especially in the complex B2B world and the complex B2B buyers. I mean, there are areas of responsibility, AORs, that a search has to take into account for products that can be displayed in certain zip code regions or states or whatever it may be. Right. And, and those AORs get extremely complex and one B2B site can have hundreds of different AORs for thousands of different products. And so that search tool has to be fast. And, and you talk about that and that speed is so critical, especially just the search results. Because if I take a while for search to process through something, whether it's e-commerce or content, the longer it takes, the more likely that someone will abandon. And so we have to keep that speed at the forefront. And then the results have to be easily identified with relevancy, and then also the ability to filter my results down by common logical areas of categorization and the taxonomy structure that's applied to them. And I think content types is a huge one here. And I, I wanna talk a little bit about accessibility in search right now, just for a moment of just the ability for search to index other file types, other content types, right? And the ability for your search tool to go in and you know index a video and the transcription from that video to search within it, the ability for a PDF file to be indexed. We've we've got one association client that John and I have worked with. They have 60,000 documents in their um, knowledge library that all needed to be indexed. And taking and having the ability to pull in and know where, not only that, that phrase is in that file, but where in that file that phrase is is huge. What are some other aspects of just the, you know, focus on the relevancy, the speed that, you know, Coveo brings to light for customers and the different types of content that can be indexed today. Are there any new types that have come about that we need to make sure that we're looking at? How do you get into your search results? Well, I think, you know, I, don't, I think we have a statement at Coveo that there's really been anything that we haven't been able to index. Uh, we, we just had a big breakthrough in, uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, there's a database that's associated with Salesforce for pharma companies called Viva. And we broke through and figured out how to do that, which apparently no one else has been able to, to uncork until recently. So uh, I, I think, you know, that it's the volume of data, but it's also being to able to start to abstract the relevant stuff in, in, a, in, a, in a shorter answer. We, we just released some beta stuff for, uh, uh, we call it snippets. And so instead of just giving you a link to something, 
or giving you a quick view, we're actually starting to summarize what we think is the relevant summary from that so somebody can read a quick paragraph and go, yeah, that's that's the stuff I'm really looking for. Maybe it answers the question, which is hopefully the case, but if it doesn't, then you've got the link to the full documentation. And we're just launching that in our service use cases, but you'll see that expand to every, you know, every, every kind of use case that we have once we've kind of ironed out some of the kinks. But uh, so I think what we're trying to do is add more intelligence the other thing I would say is, you know, we're starting to see the, the exposure of Coveil through chatbots. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot more voice stuff in the next couple of years, you know, because we bring huge value to people. At, you mentioned natural language processing. We can start to interpret what their intent is and bring them relevant content without having a literally perfectly, you know, uh, queued up uh, search term or something like, like Siri always wants you to have. So uh, I think those are the things you're going to start to see us expand more and more into different use cases and more and more into verbal chatbot kinds of interactive situations than we've been just the, the search bots, if you will, as a starting point. The, and Tim, expanding on the um, association client you were mentioning, is one of the largest associations in the United States. They have content dating back to the 1930s that they haven't correctly tagged or attributed or even have related products, and they're, out, they're B2B and B2C. So with Coveo, we're simply tracking, you know, what are they searching for, what are they buying, and then what are they moving on to. So we have very unique journeys of B2C client might be on the site for a matter of minutes buying one product. Then our B2B clients, even just looking through the Coveo Insights engine, they're on the site maybe for 30 minutes buying 20 products maybe for some of their team members. And we can actually start bringing back related products just based off those buying behaviors. Mm -hmm. So really, it's a Dale's point. I haven't really seen anything that Coveo hasn't been able to index. And then we're also working on a very unique project in the, I'll say, that pharmaceutical um, industry right now for a Coveo client where we're searching through a drug database of thousands of drugs, you know, tens of thousands of unique um, drug names, and we're using Coveo to bring back what's relevant. You know, and you want to talk about an industry with um, common misspellings. Almost everything's a misspelling <laughs> in Coveo. We're, we're, we're simply utilizing Coveo to obviously do the autocorrect, but also mm -hmm. make recommendations based off not what they're searching for, but even how they want to administer it. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's excellent because I'm gonna just stat drop here again, but. Uh, Wonderman Thompson and their B2B e-commerce benchmarking report uh, that was released in December of 2020 talked about how companies with advanced search capabilities, like what you just mentioned, John, tend to have conversion rates two times higher than those with just a basic search. And and I think that's really where the, the amount of content, the different types of content, the complexity of content just screams that you need an advanced search solution. And without that, you're not delivering on the capability for people to go through and complete their transaction and make a purchase or find the information they need for their job, whatever that may be. And I, I, I want to go back to the Coveo relevance report as well from 2020, Dale, where 43% of consumers surveyed said that they would pay more. People would pay more if they could find what they're looking for in just a few clicks. And you know what was the most astounding aspect of this? It included nearly half of millennials stated that and that's huge because i think that people willing to pay more just for finding things in fewer clicks it used to be the mantra of trying to get through as, as few clicks as possible then we went through all the stats to say well sometimes more clicks are better if you show the right contextual information throughout the process for the user search it's a search it's an enter keystroke or a click or now it's a voice search and i, I want to go back to that for a moment dale uh but they have seconds that you are influencing the continuation of their journey on your site 
or in your app or you know whatever it may be and that search without advanced capabilities is not going to provide the right information if it's just a basic search so you have to have those advanced features and implement them in the right way not just implement them once it's not a set it and forget it moment it is definitely an ongoing optimization and that's just such an important aspect of just the impact it has for you and for the consumers so just well, it's not it's not just the front experience front end experience excuse me tim it, it's you know the, the the experience i want is instantaneous but on the back end if you have uh older architectures that are very flat in their the way they index things uh it, it can take you know 24 hours to index large amounts of content that change in dynamically like inventory and things like that or you have to set it to do it every minute and hit the erp and do all kinds of nasty things nobody wants to do so you know you have to have the back-end architecture that's very flexible and scalable so that you can do incremental things so that you can merge inventory with pricing with you know, product information and so that you don't have to have a catalog that, that has to be exposed you know six x what the real size is because the attributes have to be indexed in a certain way so we've seen that with a, a lot of uh, our competitors you know that use older approaches to how you index things, it, the back end becomes the burden and becomes untenable. So it, it's both the business side and the customer side that always is impacted by uh, search technologies today and, and the difference between a, a, a microservices a API first cloud solution versus, you know, something that's on-prem and, uh, you know, trying to scale solar, which really by itself never really had AI or scalability as a, as a, as a basis. Yeah, exactly. And and there's a lot of different search technologies out there, but you hit a key point there where extendability, but also I would just say the ease of use for marketers, not just developers, right? Developers have to implement. There's a lot of different things developers can do with enterprise search solutions, but having that solid admin interface for a marketer to be able to do what they need to do for their job, a merchandiser to come in and, and do what they need to do and not have to program that interface like in solar and, and other solutions it's that that's such a key fact of why Coveo to me has been such a strong partner of our client satisfaction because they have an admin they can go and use after we implement it and they don't have to have a developer do everything they don't have to you know not see and be able to do their own changes they can make them when they need to and the advancements with Coveo has just been incredible uh, I, I want to take a moment and, and kind of wrap up here talking a little futuristic here and you mentioned it so it's I don't know how futuristic it really is. Voice search is out there. But I want to touch on this point because there's so always new articles about, you know, voice search is the next thing. It's already happening. But, you know, you mentioned Siri earlier. There's obviously Alexa. I'm probably going to trigger Siri on my Apple devices right now as I start to talk about <laughs> things. But uh, overall, where do you see voice search or some other aspect of search coming in the future and either adoption or idea or just, hey, this is, it'd be amazing if search could do this. What would that be? We'll start with Dale. Well, I, I think it's just gonna begin to be more, uh, AI will power more of the experience. It, it, you know, the, right now it's very linear. You can program in or a lot of things are curated to, to take certain phrases in and give you specific responses. Um, you know, that, that's a very difficult way to build a voice app. Um, I, I was involved with somebody trying to build one last year, and I, you see all the subtle problems. Whereas if you start to bring in, a, in an AI-powered engine that's indexed everything like Coveo, 
you know, we can start to interpret, you know, just like we do with type ahead query, you know, a suggestion, uh, you know, you, you, you're getting things that lead to kind of, you know, real, real effective uh, uh, results. Well, you start to get smarter and smarter in voice, so I can ask a question without exactly using the words that have been, you know, programmed in, and we can interpret, oh, you, what you really mean is this, and, you know, the response can be, would you, would you, uh, do you mean this, or do you mean this, and then boom, you're right into it, so I think you start to have more interaction. Right now, it's, it's very linear. I say, Alexa, she responds, and then I have to say, Alexa, do this again, and I'm surprised my Alexa's not responding to me, but uh, I think what you're going to start to see is a little more interaction where yeah, the, the response back is what you would get in the search result. Maybe you've got a snippet of something. Is this what you're looking for? So I, I think you'll see the AI power it, and whether it's Coveo or other technologies, uh, you, you have to have a way to tie the sources together, first of all, to get the relevant content. And second of all, you have to be smart enough in your machine learning to go, oh, what he really means is this. Let's, let's present some options and not necessarily assume that they've got it right. So it just becomes more interactive. Is this what you're looking for, Dale? Yes, please. You know, and then you'll mm -hmm. see more and more of that. But I think what you're going to see Cobail do is democratize voice, you know, whereas Amazon and some of the big companies that can do, you know, throw hundreds and thousands of bodies at it, uh, it's got to be something that the technology takes that and, and does the heavy lifting for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and just really quick, John, before you, you chime in here, uh, I, I have to fully admit to everyone that uh, if I know someone has an Alexa in their, their office, and last year really made this a lot easier, or their home office, uh, I would definitely, when they weren't on headphones, in the middle of a conference call, ask Alexa to turn their lights off or do certain things, start playing music. <laughs> and it was it, it was fun and internal meetings only, I will fully admit, disclosure, only internal employee meetings. But if you're ever in that situation, you know someone's got that there and you know they're not on headphones. It is very fun when you can trigger their devices from remote. <laughs> Anyways, John, go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> and not to look too uh, future state here, but I think where Coveo has a very distinct advantage once we get into more search is going to be anticipating incorrect pronunciations. So there's the technology that accepts the, you know, accepts the voice and then basically creates a phrase out of it. Coveo is in a very unique position. There's going to be a lot of misinterpretations, a lot of mispronunciations, and Coveo has a distinct advantage with their machine learning and their um, algorithms to basically autocorrect what those phrases are. So I think Coveo, just from, even just from a website search, when we start introducing more voice search, is in a very unique position to help autocorrect a lot of those uh, mispronunciations. Um, and I think what we're going to see over the next couple of years is, you know, e COVID has even accelerated this further. People are working from home, their kids are at home, their animals are barking at them. Convenience is just going to become more and more of a factor. So I think we're going to see a larger um, adoption of voice integrated search quicker than we think. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. It was a great conversation with both of you. Thank you, Dale and John, for being on Lessons for Tomorrow. And I look forward to future conversations. I know we're going to have a, a revisit to this conversation around search uh, in, I'm sure, a short time with just the advancements that are happening and exciting news with Coveo and Adobe recently as well with uh, just some of the additional things that were talked about at the Adobe Summit. So very excited, just the continued growth of that relationship that we have there. But most importantly, I think it's just the impact that search has on everyday lives and the fact that it is really starting to become that much more relevant in every interaction that we have in the digital space and even in the home when it comes to voice search or your car, searching for directions to find your way somewhere. 
Thanks everyone for listening to Lessons for Tomorrow. Conversation, gathering insights from the past to apply in the present for success in the future. Be sure to subscribe today to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, the motivational poster in your ear. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios.